Hello everybody, we are here for Tuesday Talks today and we are speaking with an amazing person called Jean Marie. Uh, Jean Marie is a life coach and a speaker as well. Uh, we're going to get Jean Marie on here now shortly. I see you there. Let me just send you an invite. Hi Jean, how are you doing? Hi, I'm well. How are you? I am fantastic. Thank you for uh, joining uh Tuesday Talks. Uh, I know it's a very hot weather there as well, so thank you for your time. Good to see you. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. I've done a very short int- uh, introduction for you all, already, which obviously I picked it up from your bio as well. Uh, but you're the best person to expand on that and let us know, you know, who you are, uh, what you do. And the biggest question that will kickstart is, you know, why do you do it, Jean? Yeah. I do a lot of things. Um, so yeah, my name is Jean Marie Kevens. I'm based in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, my background is actually in puppetry for film and television um, and stage. And uh, while working within those fields, I found myself often um, in leadership positions. I think I've been trained to be a leader since I was like four, um, literally. But um, so that's always kind of been part of my personality and part of my training. And along the way, um, I realized how often I was coaching people. And so uh, I have gone from various kinds of coach training along my journey and in the past few years have really started to focus in on making that a a larger part and a core part of what I do. Um, But when you ask what do I do and why do I do it, I like to help people create their new narrative. Um, I'm a born and trained storyteller, and I love to help people bring forth their most important part of themselves and create the life that they want to have and it matters to me because heck I want the life I want to have too <laughs> wow that, that's actually good to hear uh, you know and an amazing journey that you shared that you do uh, so many so many things but you then found that you, the most important thing that that you enjoyed was actually coaching part of that and helping others um, to get their story out uh, as, as you're an amazing storyteller yourself uh, so Whilst you were doing all this, which did you always thought that you were gonna end up doing what you're doing now? Um, coaching, yeah, I did actually. I thought along my journey, you know, my journey took a lot of left turns. That's for <laughs> sure. Um, and and I love that. To be honest with you, it's important to me to explore and to stay open and to say yes. Um, but coaching kind of kept coming to the top. Like no matter what was happening, I found myself helping people, but not telling them what to do. It's not important to me that people do what I want them to do with the exception of if I'm leading and there's a safety factor involved, in which case, sorry, we're going to do it my way. But um, outside of that, you know, I want people to live their best lives and uh, finding out what that is, is actually a challenge for many, many people. So as somebody who trusts, themselves to make all the left and right turns when uh, when they're unexpected to others, it's kind of a natural fit for me to help other people explore what their path is going to be and get them to some place that feels honest and true. And uh, I think honest, being honest with yourself is, is quite hard and a skill. I, I love this that, that you shared that, you know, it's the being honest with ourselves is, is the hardest thing uh, there is. Um, I'm just thinking in terms of, you know, a lot of times we say things that we will do to ourselves. We, we commit to something, let's say to ourselves that we, okay, I'm going to, 
I'll use an example. I'll go to the gym, for example. Yeah, I'll go to the gym. But then we don't go to the gym. We'll come up with an excuse of something else. Oh, it's too hot. Or it's something. Something is there. Uh, and, and how I see that is exactly what you just said. It is being honest to yourself. Do you, you, know, do you actually want to go to the gym? Or you're just saying it because you just felt for at that time or moment or whatever that was that, you know, like, okay, I wanted to do this. So when you, when you're saying, okay, uh, to be honest with ourselves, is, is that along the lines, is that what it means? Or you, you can elaborate a bit more? Sure. In that example, I would say, why, why do you want to go to the gym? Do you want to go to the gym because uh, somebody else said you should, because mm. you want to be seen at the gym, because you want to check that box or because do you want to feel good? You know, is there a specific reason you want to be there? What's it going to take to get you there? How are we going to prioritize it, right? You don't, all of us say, we're going to go to the gym. Let's get real, okay? And I'm sure there's some people who follow you who are like, I always go when I say I'm going to go. You're the unusual person. And that's great. But most people, it takes more than that. And uh, finding the way to make it a routine, to make, to make yourself dedicated, all comes back to why does it matter to you? Why is it important? Great, make it that. Let's get real about that. And if the reason is a hard reason, like I'm having a health issue and I know I need to go to the gym, but by going there, it makes the health issue more real, right? Then we get into that work of, okay, well, how's the health issue gonna feel better because you're going to the gym? Great, let's let's push through that, right? And let's let's team up together to figure out how that icky middle, the messy middle, the ugh part can be in the rearview mirror. How fast can we make that happen for you? You know, so that going to the gym is something you want to do. You know, that there's it's, a mindset shift that has to happen. I, it's, it's amazing, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you just nailed it at the end as well. It's, it's the mindset that needs to happen. Uh, and and that happens only once once you're being honest. So coming back to that subject of being honest there as well. So yeah, but you you need to be honest with yourself, and then you attach your why to that honesty as well. So the, the why do you want to go to the gym, for example? And 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 as you said, I would go as by saying well, about ninety nine percent of us don't don't really go to the gym. We say we want to go to the gym. Maybe we'll end up going to the gym for one or two days, and then not the rest of the week, and then not the rest of the month. <laughs> so that, that's how it happens, right? And you're like, oh yeah, something is always happening. Uh, as some people like to say, life's in the way. <laughs> yes, and it's interesting because I was just having a conversation with somebody about this exact example where they were like, you know, oh, I hate going to the gym. And I said, so then don't go. And they kind of just stared at me. And they're like, but I should go. Do you want to go? Well, I mean, I like how I feel when I go. Okay, then go. Yeah, but I hate going. And I was like, we could do this all day. <laughs> but for me, I learned to say, I always feel better when I go to the gym. How do I want to feel today? Suddenly, I'm more likely to go to the gym because I want to feel that way. You know, and what does it take to get me there? Usually I have to be on another errand. That's just the truth. So I, I place an errand on the other side of the gym because I live in New York. So you walk everywhere. I I choose an errand on the other side of the gym and I'll go on the walk back. That's what makes me go, you know, and that's okay. You just have to discover the truth for you. And it can be in any example. We're using the gym and I'm sure that's alienating a lot of people, but it could, <laughs> it could be anything in life, you know, it's, it's what is it going to take for you to feel better doing something? 
and I, I love it actually. And and your 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 example of you know you're using the Aaron at, uh, at the towards going to the gym or coming back from the gym, and I and I love this. And it's, it's an example I can relate to as well in in terms of myself. Uh, I've I know I, if I go to the gym, I feel good in the morning and my day is a bit more because I become more active and it's, it's just continues my day more. If I go to the gym in the evening, I feel active again and then I can't sleep. So I've done it in a way that, okay, I go to the gym before work and then I, I go to the gym and from gym, I go straight to work. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's how I just like, because gym's not far from my work. So I drive into the gym, do the gym, get ready there and then go straight. So exactly that. You, so what I'm hearing there as well is you need to also then incorporate how much do you want to do that and how much are you able to or willing to adapt because then you have to adapt to that routine. So it could be anything. Obviously, we're using gym as an example, but it could be anything that you want to do and how honest yes. are you about it uh, and, and how agile you are to adapt and make mm-hmm. that into a routine so that your body is then able to just continue, you know, it has to, it has to work. Uh, for, in regards to what you are doing, then uh, obviously you say you had to take lots of left turns, so there were lots of pivotal moments. Um, what, was the, what was the drive that kept you going? Uh, was there a moment, you know, obviously on these left turns where people would have said, oh, why the heck am I doing this? <laughs> yeah, I have a relative who always says that I get to every fork in the room and say, what's the weirdest choice? <laughs> and, and that might be slightly true, and I'm okay with that. But um, I'm a very curious person. So every time there's a fork in the road, I I kind of look towards what is the thing that I, I desperately want to know the answer about. That's typically the way I end up going. Um, obviously, again, unless it's dangerous. But even then, I'm, pretty, I'm a pretty big risk taker. Um, in terms of wanting to explore how much can I get out of this life? You know, it's so short. Um, but in terms of coaching, you know, when, when I'm trying to make a decision, I definitely look at how am I going to feel if I do this and how does it make my life better? And what are the things that are going to be hard? You know, for example, like my, my first bit of education post high school was in puppetry. Right. Like, imagine going home and saying, like, I want to be a puppeteer. Right. My family was like, oh, good. Oh, good. You know, they didn't know what to do with that. But I had a very clear list of reasons and I knew exactly what I wanted to do with that, how I wanted to help people, why I knew that that was unique. And if it's unique, therefore, there will be more spaces. And uh, the school that I went to, coincidentally, at the time, had 100 percent job placement. How are you going to say no to that, right? Like the arguments were good, even though the choice was risky. When you Mm -hmm. looked down the list, how risky is it actually? Becoming an accountant, everybody's becoming an accountant. I was going to become a puppet artist. Everybody is not doing that. So, you know, to me, it's like, where's my heart? Where's the courage of my convictions? When it comes to coaching, I always knew that I would go into coaching. I've probably known that I would do something in this realm since I was a teenager. But it wasn't until I hit a certain place in life where I felt like I've made those left turns. I've made all the weird left turns that I want to make. I did all the exploring that I want to do. And now I felt like I knew enough. 
And so when you say like a pivotal moment, I think some of those moments, and I could tell you all the like, you know, gore stories, like I had a major injury. And so that changed things and, you know, a company closed. And so that changed things. And, but at the end of the day, every decision came back to where's my heart really? What do I know to be true really? And when I look down the facts, like if I can eat and put a roof over my head and do something that matters, that's the right choice and I'm good. And I had, I had very simple criteria like that, you know, at the end of the day, everything comes back to my values every time. I, I, I love this uh, uh, that you just shared, you know, and, and the closing uh, there, you know, that everything was coming back to your values. Uh, and, and that's, that's, that's the core drive that I'm hearing, right? So every pivotal moment that you were getting, uh, you know, that like the, company shutting down or major accident or, and so forth, the pivotal moment is that, okay, the core values, are you happy in what you're doing? Is it uh, sustainable that you just, you're getting your food on the table, roof on your, over your head? Uh, what more do you need? Do you, you know, is that, is it covering basic necessity? And I'm happy. That, that's, mm -hmm. uh, that's what the, at the end is, right? So uh, it's made, getting me to believe that you, we are one of the lucky ones who actually enjoyed every time what we did, because I, I actually loved every time, whatever I did, uh, it was not for the reasons of, oh yeah, what salary I'm getting there? Uh, what's, the, what's the growth uh, in, in that company? It was all to do with, am I gonna enjoy that work? Am I happy? Uh, if I join a company, if I weren't happy, year, two years down the line, I left, you know, so yeah. go on, move on to another company. And find out and see what it is. And the, the end goal was, I have to be happy where I am working and you have to be grounded into it. You need to align your core values with wherever you are uh, in, in that place, right? And I, and I love this that you shared. Not, not, not a lot of people share that they, that what their core values are or they understand what their core values are and that to use those values to actually look for what they want to do in life and be happy with that, uh, and, and I love that you just shared that. Would you be able to elaborate more in terms of how um, you're able to help um, someone who wants to, let's say, work with you to um, create a story for, for themselves? How, how, what does that look like? Sure. And I do want to just make sure that I qualify something to say, you know, I used to work with a producer who used to say, Jean Marie says that everything is like lollipops and daffodils, which is not the case. Like I will call out the dirt when it's on the ground. Like that's, that's definitely a piece of me. You know, I'm not all, oh, everything is wonderful. Um, and also I understand and have had to, and will have to, again, I'm sure in my life, take jobs that I could not stand in order to, have something that mattered to me. So, you know, when I say, does it align with my values? It may not be a direct connection the way that we want it to be, but if it is a temporary fix in order to be a stepping stone, then fantastic, take the step, you know? So I, I don't wanna um, have sounded like, you know, oh, everything's always great, I'm always happy. No, I'm just always focused and I'm always driven, that is for sure. Oh, no, I, I will agree with that as well in terms of what I was trying to say as well. So exactly, you know, you use the stepping stones. There's there's no never a perfect space. You, you're never perfect anyway. Uh, I'm yet to find somebody who's perfect and knows it all. Uh, but, you know, you use you use what you know and create things from that, I guess, right? Yeah, and know that, like, when it's not fitting, you're learning something. Why doesn't it fit, right? Exactly. So. Um, when you say like, you know, how do I work with people? I work with people in a variety of ways. And 
One of my strengths, and I think this probably does come from working in the arts, and for a long time I balanced my career in the arts with a career in hedge funds, finance, corporate America, you know. So I understood both languages and both um, the multitude, I shouldn't say both, the multitude of ways of communicating. Um, so if somebody that I'm working with is a kinetic learner and they need to be moving, then we coach walking. You know, we can both be on the phone and move through space together. Um, if somebody is more auditory, then we do it on the phone. You know, we don't need to see each other. If that's disruptive to you, then that's fine. Um, I work with a lot of people who are very visual, and so there's always a clear white background behind me because they'll be distracted otherwise. Mm. Um, so, you know, I'm very keen to uh, or attuned to people's various learning styles and communication styles. We're not all the same. Um, so that is one thing that is very important to me, that I learn what you need, not what I need. This is not about me and it's not about my opinion and I have them but I won't give them to you <laughs> um, that's not what I'm doing and uh, what I often do is work with people um, to tell their story you know you listen to the story that was the past that's great if we're going to spend too much time there that's a therapist right mm. I'm going to listen to the past take where you are and we're going to move forward we're not going back um, we may touch on the past because those pieces are in us, right, and learn how to shift them to be less important or to be useful. Um, but outside of that, you know, most of what I'm doing with people is saying, how does this story end? At the end of the day, when you look back, how do you want to feel? Where do you want to be? Who do you want to be surrounded by? Great. How do we get from there to here? Tell me. And then together, we figure out what's the next best step along the way in order for them to get to that end point that's so important and meaningful to them. Often, it is not the same story that I would write. <laughs> but it's not my story. Uh, I love that. I love that. So it's, it's a case of uh, looking backwards, then to move forwards, right? As we say, you know, history teaches us a lot of stuff so that we can do a lot more in the present and think of the future. I think there's a question. Let me just uh, pull up here. Uh, are you able to see the question there? Uh, yeah. So it's uh, saying, what if you're not happy where you are, but it's the only option you have for the moment? I suppose people struggle because that too. Mm-hmm. Um... That's a great question. I think we, we I, touched upon that earlier, right? We, we touched upon that, so. the stepping stone part that we were like, okay, not everything is going and not every place will be perfect, but you will be there for a certain situation. And I was saying as well, but when I said, okay, I'll join a company and I'll see if my core value works with the company. And if I'm not happy and it, and then I'll, it's me who's going to create a situation to move away from the company. Right, because I will start looking elsewhere. Uh, that question just reminded me of a person that I worked for in a company, and that person was there 10 years before when I joined uh, and complained about the company that doesn't like it, not happy, blah, 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 blah. I worked there only two years and moved on. Then I met him, I'll say about a year and a half ago again. The mm -hmm. gentleman is still in that same place, same situation, same role, and everything. So, situation i just re just reminds me of that with this question i don't know if it's relevant or what that's what and andrew means yeah. but we also need to create 
our story so that we, as you said, you know, what, where do we want to be when we look back? So we need to create a situation where we're able to move away from the, uh, from the moment we're in. Uh, I don't know if that answers the question, but what's your take on it? I, I agree with you completely. And I, I think that that question is very limiting. And it's very limiting in that it says the only option you have, you always have other options. You know, if it's the only option that you choose to uh, move forward with, then that's your choice, right? But there's always another option. And, and you know, when people say, like, well, what if there's a gun to my head? Well, there's two options there, right? Do what they're asking you to do and don't do what they're asking you to do. It doesn't – obviously, one is smarter than the other, <laughs> understood but there's still yeah. two options right exactly to eat, not to eat to starve not to starve like you can there are major extremes in life there's no question but there are, there's very few uh circumstances in life where there isn't another option so i think that is why you work with somebody like me to get creative and explore what all of the options are and um and, you know, that, that question, it, while a good question and an important question, is very limiting. Mm. Yeah. No, I, I, I hope that uh, answers your uh, question, uh, Andrew. Uh, Andrew Millen? Yeah, Andrew Millen. Uh, thank you very much for that question. So keep your questions coming if you want us to answer them by using the question mark bubble. Uh, but, yeah, so in, in regards to where, where you, you, your, your journey and, how you're not teaching everybody else to bring the story across and everything. And I love the fact that, you know, you're exploring everything and it's, it's not, you're not doing therapy, but you are taking the past and then bringing it to the present to create the future story. So that when they look yeah. back and they're like, okay, this is, this is where I see myself at the end. Yeah. Um, so is there a routine that you follow, you know, uh, for, for yourself? Some people like to call it ritual. Uh, or, mm -hmm. So what, whatever you like to call it, is there something that you follow that also keeps you in that happy place of your, uh, you know, that you do every day throughout the day or go before going to bed? Yeah, sure. So um, I struggle just like everybody else, right? Um, I have weekly routine. I go to therapy every week to deal with my past um, and to deal with the repetition. Uh, goodness knows you're like oh there's that thing again hello <laughs> you know like oh how did that end up back in my shoulder um so I definitely do that um I have a coach um I work with other coaches so that's really helpful um we're often helping each other strategize um in terms of going to bed I love that question because I was just working with a group that we were talking about the other day and uh somebody was talking about their morning routine and I said you know when your morning routine begins and they were like, when I had my first cup of coffee and I, you know, we all laughed. And then I do some group coaching and uh, I said, no, it's the night before. And three people in the group at the same time, went, and, and we started to laugh because that's the truth. It doesn't happen when you wake up is what did you do to make your morning easier before you went to sleep? So I have a lot of those kind of routines in my life where um you know, I do meal planning, not constantly, because I'm creative. So I also like want to get in there and get wild. Um, but I have enough to know, do I have these things in my diet? You know, am I taking care of that? I have an evening routine that is cuckoo pants. 
I will fully admit it. Sometimes I take a bath. Sometimes I'm going for a walk. But every night I put on um, like essential oils. I turn my lights down over time. I turn down the media over time. I, I like I give myself signals that we're shutting down now. Mm-hmm. And I don't do it at once in one second. You know, some people like run around and turn off their whole house. That works for them. I that would just make me more anxious, and I would go to bed like. So instead, I check the lock. Then I do this other thing. Then I so I have a very slow wind down, and I have found that that is very helpful to me. Um, also, checking my calendar around like eight o'clock for the next day, or or six o'clock when I'm feeling really luxurious for the next day so that the next day I don't wake up like, Oh my God, who's going to do all this? No, I've already handled it. I've already gone through the calendar and said, that's too much. What needs to move? Then I don't get stressed out about the next day. Um, And then I have one other thing that I'd love to talk about in terms of that, which is I have a catch all day and I recognize that not everybody can have this, but it has changed my life and people have told me to do this for years I don't know why this took me so long to try but I don't schedule things on Friday I just don't it's very rare that I do and if I do I try to find another day during the week to get rid of everything and that's because nothing that I put on my calendar will ever get completely done by the end of the day it's not gonna happen so I'm constantly shoving things down so then Friday I catch those things And on Friday, I can dream about the next week, have the next idea, make sure things are clean. That schedule blocking, however it is that you can fit it, whether it's the end of every day, the beginning of every day, at lunchtime, whatever works for you, having that empty time blocked, that is massive for me because I have such an active brain. I need that time to just be like, it's okay. It's all going to get done. Come, come back to the planet, you know. I, I, my brain moves so fast, and I know not everybody else moves at that speed. You know, there's lots of people who do, but not everybody does. So having that, that space set aside to just be like catch all the mess is, is a really wonderful gift to give yourself if you're somebody who, who needs it and has the ability to do that. I, I, love, I love this, what you just shared, and especially the, the end part, uh, you know, where you, you talked about the block scheduling thing. Uh, I'm a massive fan of scheduling stuff. Uh, everything, <laughs> everything is on my calendar, scheduled day-to-day routine, uh, to the point of uh, every day, I even have a, a me time scheduled, lunch time scheduled. Even though I'm working from home, sometimes it will have that schedule there. It will, mm-hmm. One o'clock, my alarm will just go saying lunch mm-hmm. on it. Uh, and you know, my mm-hmm. phone will say lunch. I'm like, oh, lunch time. Just leave, mm-hmm. I'll get up from the desk and go whether i'm having lunch that time or not that's different it's just telling me to get away from that desk uh and and that's that that's that time and i, okay. I love working in blocks as well throughout the week in terms of every task has that little block uh, of time given it to uh, given to it and after that even if, if it takes let's say it's, it's a three-hour task for example it's a long deep uh, connecting work i'll put in one hour uh, blocks into it with five minute block which is telling me to just look up to the sky or something because i this is something i ask every time when was the last time you actually looked up at the sky answer is said never nobody actually looks up in the sky and 
And I say that to everybody, if you're feeling very frustrated, you know, when they say go for a walk and all that stuff, that's amazing. But if, even if, let's say, you can't go for a walk, uh, you just go to your window and look up at the sky, you will immediately feel relaxed. Uh, the reason is because you're, you're, whatever, whatever you were doing, the brain got so constrained with it and that it was tunnel vision and it was not seeing anything else. Let's say you were working on your computer. All it saw was that monitor uh, or your computer screen anymore now. It doesn't see anything else around it. You look up at the sky and now the brain suddenly decides to expand because there's no ending up there. It just sees the blue, never ending blue. And obviously patterns of the cloud and all that stuff. So it's just seeing that. So suddenly it just expands and lets, lets you breathe. And you're like, oh, okay. You only need to do it for five minutes and you're back down and you're, you're already refreshed and everything. Uh, that's the quickest way I found that works mm -hmm. for me. Uh, I do love walking. So my walkings are usually uh, at least an hour or so because I then I listen to uh, audiobooks during that time or sometimes my music. Uh, but I do a lot. I, I run up. Well, I don't like running. I can do the same thing on walking because uh, walking is actually more effective, effective than running scientifically proven as well. That's another subject that we don't want to get into <laughs> now. Um, but I love that, uh, you know, so I take it that you love scheduling as in your rather than list of things to do, is it? Or your list of things or schedules? Um, I prefer schedules. My lists are um, fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they would be a wonderful psychological research for somebody. Um, yeah, my lists are a little wild. So, you know, I make them, but then I have to organize them. So sometimes it means that they go into a spreadsheet, they go into my calendar, they go somewhere, or they end up being a pile that, you know, at some point I'm like, what are these lists? And then I go through them and I laugh at myself. And that's pretty much what I, for me, I have a lot of clients who love lists and I love that about them because I'll say like, do you need to write that down? Or wait, didn't you do that? do you need to check that off? And they're like, yes, like they get so excited. I enjoy the day that I go through my pile of lists and are like, what is this? And I, I throw them out and that's fine. You know, I, which is why I say, I think everybody has different personalities and I don't think that we need to judge them. We do need to enjoy them. You know, we do need to enjoy them. Like my calendar is color blocked. Um, everything is by subjects so I can delete stuff and, or hide stuff and then only see the one subject. I have multiple calendars attached to multiple email addresses. Like all of that exists. I have Calendly, you know, so people can book with me. This is not a paid advertisement for Calendly. Um, although I wish it was. Um, they are amazing. But yeah, I, I use a lot of those, um, those strategies. But for me, at the end of the day, I, ha I am a very good notebook keeper. I have notebooks going back to what feels like the dawn of time. And when I have ideas, I almost always can remember which color notebook they're in. Why? I don't know. But I do often remember like, oh, that's in the spiral bound, whatever. And I can find the idea. And often I have an idea with a list under it. Very often. So my lists are sometimes more brainstorming than they are action items. Uh, I, I, that, that's actually that's fascinating. That, that, that's fascinating to know as well that your your list is not a things to do list like an actionable list. It's uh, more of a brainstorming and uh, and ideas uh, to to write up. And I'm fascinated 
to hear that you know you can remember what color notebook you had written down. I've got piles of notebooks. Sometimes I have to go through them. I'm like, uh, what's? Uh, no, it's in, it's in one of these that I wrote something. You know that I'm looking for. Um, but yeah. it's, it's 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 amazing to you know to to see, to hear that. So is that something that um, you know you did something to uh, to create that mindset of yourself or? Uh, you know, some people obviously are naturally, uh, as you said, you know, your, your brain's working. I'll, I'll, I'll use the term as, as a computer. You're fast. You're very fast, mm-hmm. right? Uh, mm-hmm. I do know somebody who's very fast. And I, sometimes when I'm there, I'm like, you need to slow down for me. You know, like, I can understand what you're doing, but I, my computing is a little bit, so you're not going to get a response at the same pace as there, you know. You're like megahertz ahead of me. So we do c- come back to the same pace. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a case of that. Um, so were you aware of that from a very young age that, okay, you were, uh, doing this at, at a, you know, hyperspeed, let's say. Yes. Because of the faces people give me. They're like, oh. What are you talking about? Uh, You're reason. running on coffee. <laughs> yes. And that's just, that's not, and I'm not hyper either. It's really funny. Um, you know, like I know what hyper, what that is, that mm. personality and that, that's not me. Um, I mean, I have those moments, but for the most part, it's just that it's like a a centrifuge always moving. And for me to study that, I know I'm going to shut down. Mm. Like that's literally like, we're going to sleep now, or we're going to attempt to meditate now, or we're just going to let, and every thought that comes in, you just say, uh-huh, okay, goodbye, uh-huh, okay, goodbye. Like, thank you for coming through. Um, because if I acknowledge a thought, then I'm, right, they just come. And uh, I'm going to give you an example. I was recently in a coaching workshop where uh, we were coaching each other, and there was this very uh, amazing high-end coach watching us. And she said to the person coaching me, I'm just going to stop you. And I almost fell out laughing because I knew what was going to happen. And she said, have you ever coached a creative before? And the woman said, no. And she said, this is what it's like. And the girl kind of looked at me and I said, buckle up. And everybody laughed. And I said, it's, it's okay. Don't think you have to follow me at every minute. I'll come back. Like, so sometimes I know my brain has to go around where somebody else who's analytical is going to click straight ahead. I'm analyzing at the same time as I'm going around it and I'm thinking about it. And then so for me to hold space for somebody is a lot easier than somebody who has, or often easier than people who have an incredibly analytical mind, because I don't need to solve your problem. I don't need that. I want to help you solve your problem, but I want to do it in your space. So I'm holding a, a very broad, space for you and as I see the connections I'll bring them up but I don't need to push you through it where an analytical mind or a solely analytical mind really need that like straight I really don't I really don't because it can all happen at the same time and I see the straight line while I'm dancing in my head over here it's fine I'm fine but it's terrifying for other people I think to coach me you know they're like (laughs) <laughs> that, that's actually amazing I, and i can i can totally relate with that uh, in terms of you know yeah it, it, i would i would feel terrifying as well to you know to to coach you for example in terms of 
oh, because knowing that you're already like 10 steps ahead, you've already, you've already seen <laughs> what's going to happen. You're like, it's like, you already know the answer, right? I'm going, I just, um, what I'm going to say next, you already know it. So might as well just like, shall we just close the book? <laughs> you already know it. But I'm looking for, right? And I'm hoping for, and I'm um, encouraging you to surprise mm. me, right? Like, I don't need to be right. If you go a completely different way, I want to bend with you. I love that. Like, to me, what's most exciting is following people. I might think I know the outcome and seen 12 options already in my head and you're looking at one option. So that's where I'm useful, that I can open up, okay, let's look at more possibilities. That's why I was saying to the earlier question, like the only option, mm -mm. let's mm. open that up. I love that. But if you need to only open up so far, if that's all you can do in this moment, then that's all we will do. Right? I always say to people, like, how many dresses do you want in the fitting room? That's how I look at it. Because you're just trying things on. You don't have to like it. You don't have to buy it. You're just trying it on. If you can only try on two or three things at a time and that's all you can consider, then that's all we're going to do. If you want to try on the whole floor, then let's go to town. You know? Whatever it is that works for you is great. That, that's oh. actually amazing. I love that. I love that. Um, so, it's, so in regards to when, when, when people are working with, with you, um, I, can, I can see the support they're going to they're gonna also get just because of your, I'll say, you know, your wide spectrum of uh, looking at uh, things, right? Because you're not just looking at exploring one option. You've already explored 12 where they might be. So it's, it's amazing to then, whilst you're helping them with their story, I can see you also supporting them where, with, if they are stuck in, in something whilst they were creating the story, right? Uh, so you're helping with them with their brand awareness of self-branding. Uh, is that, <laughs> would that kind of go with that as well? A hundred percent. I love that you said uh, helping them get unstuck. I always say I, I am uh, majoring in unstuckedness, which is not a <laughs> word, but I'm gonna make it one. I, it is I now. It's out there. Right? <laughs> One of my girlfriends said to me, that's the book. Stop saying it out loud. Um, <laughs> but I think it's really important to say, like, I feel like the gum on the bottom of the shoe on a hot summer day, you know, oh. and I don't know if I'm going up or down. I need to be cold or hot. I don't know where I need to be. If that's where you are, then let's just sit in that for a second. Let's look at it. Let's talk about it. Let's figure it out. How'd you get there? We don't need to spend too much time there because we know you're there. But sometimes when we get someplace and we look at how we got there, we know how to get out. You know, like you went down the ladder. Is the ladder still there? Great. Can you go back up it? Mm -hmm. If you fell, that's a different conversation, right? So um, taking a moment to look at those things is great. But um, yeah, looking at your options. And, and as I said earlier, like to me, and I, I'm not alone in this at all. I would be lying if I said I was, but you know, getting to your values is often the scariest part and the most important part. And it's scary because your values don't necessarily match those of the people around you. You know, and so to, to get honest about it and, and make sure that your life feels aligned because that's when you'll feel the most confident and comfortable and happy. You know, some people might need to be voted off your island or you might find out you're on the wrong island and you need to go to another one. That's really scary. Mm. And I get that. But 
do you want to live on the island that you're hating the rest of your life? Or do you want to go find that other island? It's up to you. It's not my job to tell you which to do, but whichever you choose, let's make it the best experience possible. Uh, I love this. I love this. And it just kind of, it just reminded me of uh, the book I was reading uh, a few few weeks ago. And there was uh, a, um, this little code by someone, and I can't remember the name of that person. Uh, if he is watching, <laughs> please comment yourself. Uh, and <laughs> and he, he mentioned that there was one, his granddad said to him one day, you know, he, he grew up on a farm uh, and there was a lemon tree and, and he picked up one of the lemon that had fell down and he said, look, this is a lemon. It will only grow lemons, right? So wherever you take it, anywhere you take it, the seeds in there are only for lemon. Obviously, you need to put it into the right soil, give it water and everything, the right condition, and it will only grow a lemon tree. So that makes us, as humans, we come with our own seeds, which is the core values. We will have our own core values, and we will only grow that core value. We will only pass that across to the other person, whatever that is. We will only spread that. And we just need to find that what that seed is within us which is our core value. So we need to find what is our core value and then start spreading it. And as I said, yeah, some people will connect with you and they will come embrace you and follow you and, you know, do things with you. Some people will say, well, no, that's no aim. So there might be not the lemon that you are and there might be something else, you know? Mm-hmm. So the seeds that there is there. Um, but yeah, that, that's just reminded me of that. And it's, it's, uh, it's amazing that you, you know, what you said there as well, it's um, we have our own core values and we just need to connect with them and then, start sharing that out uh, to, to the world and embrace it. Um, it might be a lengthy exercise for some people uh, if, if you've never done it before, uh, what the core values are. Uh, what do you think, how, how can they, if let's say they've never sat down to, to work out what their core values are because they've been, you know, head down, work, work, work all their mm-hmm. life because that's what they've been told. Uh, and now suddenly they're like, oh, what are my values? How, they, how can they get to that? I mean, what is their starting point for them? I think there's a couple of ways to go about it. I mean, there's, I'm sure, a multitude of ways, but there's a couple that come to mind. Um, one is to look back at your life and look at what you've been happiest about. When were you happiest and why? And it could be as simple as that time I was washing my car on a hot summer day and you were happy because you had access to water and you had a car. Like, whatever that is for you um, in that moment, you'll learn what really matters to you, right? Like you like to be outside, you wanna take care of things and you need access to tools to do the thing that you love. Okay, that's what matters to you. What else can we do with that, right? Or that time you were making soup with your grandmother and you were four, well, what mattered to you? Well, you went outside to pick the fruit with her and you made the food with her and then you handed it to your family. Well, is it that you liked having access to the things and being able to pay it forward or did you love spending time with this person? And whichever thing or all of it it is, then that's the thing you wanna focus on. And often, I think people do bring up that a big part of their values is spending time with somebody who made them feel a certain way. And if those people don't exist in your life in this moment, they exist. You're just not with them. So how do you find those people? You know, I run a conference every summer for, um, for puppeteers and they are a very niche group. We are a very niche group of people. And 
there's a wide variety of personalities and a wide variety of, of um, physical, mental, all the needs, right? But when you get together, what matters to all of them is a very similar thing. They want to tell a story and they don't, they want to be seen on the inside, but not necessarily physically be seen. This object is there to separate, right? But this, the, what matters is to be heard. And why this conference is so important is because they're together. And for the first time for so many, they've been seen as the person who does this thing that other people might not get. And I think that that's very, very common. Like, I'm a big fan. I'm not a good nerd. I'm just going to say it. It's okay. <laughs> I say it all the time. I don't know who's watching this. I'm not a good nerd. I don't know what's happening in DC Comics. I don't know what's, you know, happening with the New York Yankees. Like, I'm not a good nerd. However, I think that those tribes are important. It's important to have people around you who understand your passion. I'm in no way advocating for radicalism of any sort. However, if you like to dress up as Superman and go to a conference of other people dressed up as Superman, then you should have a great time because you're going to feel honest. You're going to be showing yourself with other people who are going to root you on. So whatever that is for you, if you're a stamp collector, a chess player, I don't care. Finding that thing and finding the people who value it as much as you do will change your life. So whatever it is that people love, whatever it is that they value, I encourage them to find it. And if you are with people who don't encourage you and love you in that way, then you're with the wrong people. But there's always another group. There just is. This world is gigantic. It's small, but it's big, you know? And keep moving. Keep moving. I think that that's a massive thing. And, I, and again, I'm not, like, into clubs. I'm not into – that's not my thing. But if it is for you, I always say the world needs more Dungeons and Dragons, and I've never played it in my life. <laughs> but, but people who play Dungeons and Dragons – they speak a different language to each other, and they're so happy when they find each other. Find your people. Definitely. I, people. I love this. I, I love this. I love this. So what, what I heard in, in there was, you know, the core values being if, let's say, if you wanted to label, as a lot of people love labels, uh, putting labels onto the core value, let's say, you know, <laughs> there was a lot of connection there, resourcefulness yes. being there. Yes. So if you like, like, if you love being resourceful, that might be something, you know, as you mentioned, your car and water and all that, being resourceful of things that are available to you, then connection. Uh, I'm, I'm sure everybody loves uh, that. Everybody is looking for that connection or loves the connection they're in. And if that could be a part, a part of your core value. So when you are out and about, you're looking for that meaningful connection with the people you meet, no matter how strange, you know, strange they are, if you meet them on the street, you are having a meaningful conversation, whether even that is a high by waiting for a bus where you're heading to, you know, things like that, uh, whilst you're waiting for the bus, for example, or hopping on a train. Uh, but I love that. Yeah, exactly. And then it can, it can expand into uh, all, all, all areas of life. And so it could be something that you can sit down and, and if you wanted to write about it or ponder on it, you know, however you want to get your things right, written, uh, do that. I mean, I, I'm more of a visual person, so I usually record stuff on my phone uh, and it, it's there. But mm -hmm. I, I love that. That's great. Thank you very much for, for sharing that. And 
lots of great uh, you know aha moments and takeaways for for people that have been uh, that have been shared here uh, we should be wrapping this up uh, now shortly and uh, everybody who's watching this uh, episode uh, live with us and um, this will be left into IGTV and and this will then move on to uh, podcast uh, format on all platforms where you can find podcast um so move on to that if you needed to keep the listening to this um and if people who are listening to it or watching it live you had a tiny spark once you were listening to this episode you know something that just created a spark in your mind now it's our, it's your duty to share this with someone uh, anyone whoever that is because we shouldn't keep that spark within us and because we don't know who's just woken up or going to bed thinking of a better day. And if you had that spark, uh, it's our duty to create that spark within them as well. Because all we need is a little spark to get the engines rolling. Uh, and that might be what they need is that little spark. So if this episode created a spark in you, that might create a spark in them as well. So we should share this episode with whoever just pops up in your mind if you're thinking of someone. Um, thank you very much, uh, Jane. We should be wrapping this up. Uh, what would you like to say uh, as, a, as a closing um, for this episode, uh, what would you like to leave with every, uh, to everybody with? Yeah, I mean, I hope that people work hard to find peace with them in themselves, right, and create it within their communities um, and find joy and slow down a little bit. Um, you know, you can reach me at uh, on Instagram at Jean Marie New York NY. Um, and I also have a book out that I put out during COVID. It's an ebook called 52 Simple Weekly Meditations to Guide You Through Life's Transitions. And uh, that came about for the exact same reason everything else we said. Like, I believe you can keep it simple and spark new ideas and uh, bring some joy and calm into your life. So, yeah, I hope that people uh, reach out to me and I would love to help as many people as possible, individually, group setting, doesn't matter to me, um, explore what really matters to them. That's, that's total joy to me. Oh, that, that's amazing. Thank you very much. And everybody, uh, as you heard, uh, Jean Marie, she's, she's been, she's doing such amazing work and definitely is the right person. If you're thinking to, to be on the similar path, if you need your storytelling, if you need to, I would I would say get grounded as well, right? Because I heard that in this conversation to get grounded as well uh, and get unstuck. That's the big uh, big thing, right? To get unstuck as well, to so to reach out to you. You're doing you're doing such an amazing thing. You're you're you know that you bring into the humanity in uh, there now. So everybody, thank you very much. And uh, Andrew is there saying thank you very much and thank you Andrew as well for your question. Uh, that was a great question. It did uh, spark conversation as well. So thank you, Eugene. Thank you, everybody else. Uh, we will see you back again on next Tuesday with another amazing uh, guest. Uh, until next time. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Have a great day. Thanks for having me. Great day.